What's happening, everybody? Brimo here with another episode of Shutter and Slate, and I'm excited because I've got a filmmaker friend, Vega Montañez, here with me, and he is inspired by multi-talented artists like Will Smith, Donald Childish Gambino Glover, and Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Vega Montañez is an award-winning Dominican-American television and film writer, director, and personality from Providence, Rhode Island, currently residing in the Bronx, New York. Vega aims to bring new and refreshing stories to the world of cinema that impact the world through unique experiences. Awesome, Vega. Thank you so much for being here. It is my pleasure. And it's so exciting to hear somebody say my last name in like the most ethnic way possible. So that was great. Yeah, <laughs> my last name is Morales. So I do my I know, best. but like <laughs> even then, sometimes people just go with the American version. I'm just like, all right, yeah. it is what it is. I don't care enough. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm proud of cult our cultures, you know, so why not? Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, first of all, congratulations, because you did something amazing that a lot of us aspiring filmmakers want to do, and that is shoot an entire feature film. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of work. Not as much. I feel like not as much as people sell it as being, but definitely more than I was expecting it to be. So it was it was a cool little like middle ground for me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Not not too much to scare you away from doing another project, right? Right. Exactly. It actually encouraged me to do more. It was like, wait a second, we can we did this this easily. Let's do it again. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so excited. We're definitely going to talk about that. But let's just kind of start from the beginning. You know, like what got you into filmmaking and what made you want to take on this crazy journey? Um, so filmmaking, I kind of uh, stepped into by accident, right? Um, prior to filmmaking, I was a musician. Um, I toured, I DJed, I did pretty much everything available as a job in the music field. Um, and uh, then COVID hit, you know, as I'm sure many people's story is going to start. Um, COVID hit, a lot of my tours and like shows and everything I had planned got canceled. Um, so I was just kind of like, well... A few years ago, a friend of mine had asked me to write a script for a film, and um, I wrote that. That was the first feature film that I had ever written. Um, it's a boxing movie. And uh, we had a lot of trouble getting financing and everything. So I was like, all right, let me uh, write something that seems more realistic in the space of like what I can afford by myself right now. And then, you know, see what kind of additional funds we can get from that. Um, and then the film kind of just started taking on life of its own, especially being that the the inspiration for writing the script itself was very personal it was a you know a friend of mine had actually um passed due to suicide and it it led to this this script kind of coming to life and then um the idea of like let's make a movie just kind of poked into place and we just got right right to it you know i called up a couple of uh, actor friends and they said yes in a, in a crazy way and we just kind of got to work <laughs> That's awesome. And the film is called The Hurt We Share, for those of you guys that don't know. And that's amazing. I, I always get inspiration from everyday life as well. So I love that, you know, something tragic that you went through, you were able to work through with your film. Um, I'm sure it was somewhat cathartic for you to be able to kind of do that. Do you think it was? 100%. 100%. Between, um, between working on doing the film and then uh, doing the research behind like mental health and suicide and depression and just learning more around all of that stuff, you know, cause I had, I had suffered from my own like suicidal tendencies and I still have depressive moments. And so um, I think it was really interesting to be able to dive into it and, and see the actual information, see the actual data and try to 
come up with, you know, my own solutions and my own things that might work based on the new information I had. So it was, it was definitely overall, like a big experience for me on a personal level, whether, you know, whether the film failed or succeeded, like it was just a, a big thing for me as a, like a learning moment. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what filmmaking definitely is. I, I love it too, as a cathartic source to be able to work through emotions and experiences. And sometimes with my last conversation on the podcast, we talked about, we didn't even realize how things were affecting us. So we put it in the movie or like in, you know, a show or something. And then we were like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize that was bothering me. Right. You know, until it comes exactly. out. Like it's crazy, but it's also a way of healing. And I really like being able to do that with my art. And I love hearing how other artists are doing that as well. Absolutely. And, and, in the dialogue and the conversations and the thought processes, right? And like the things that you end up finding along the way, and this is this has been something I've been saying a lot, um, like from a career perspective, coming from music and going into film, one of the biggest differences and the thing that I think I fell most in love with is music is a very solo sport. You do a lot of it by yourself. There's not really a lot of team involvement, um, but filmmaking is a huge team thing, you know, like, yeah, you can do it hundred percent by yourself. Like that's for sure possible, but the less people you have, the harder it gets. Right. And then at a certain point, like the team gets too big and it gets hard there too, but like having a team makes it a lot easier. And I think that that's one of the things that I really enjoyed, um, especially after the film is done and you hear some of the stuff that you put into your film and people like agreeing with it or disagreeing with it, or just having conversation around it at all it's it's just really inspiring and interesting you know to just see how many different perspectives there are in the world how many people agree with what you think disagree you know never thought about it before all that stuff yeah the beauty of collaboration and like all these minds coming together to make something great that's what i love about making film as well you know like just the collaboration things you didn't even think of you know maybe a crew member or an actor is like hey why don't we try this and you're like yeah that sounds really good let's do it and it makes the film even better yeah which is, which is one of the things that uh, became like a running joke throughout filming was I would always stop in the middle of like a really cool moment and just be like, I don't understand how a bad movie gets made, right? Like it, it, there's so many people involved. It feels like everybody just has to not care. Like everyone just has to at some point reach a point where they're just like, yeah, we don't care anymore. And then it just trickles down. And by the time you get to the end, nobody cares. Like there's really a lot that goes into that. So I think um that perspective made it easier for me in the in the idea of like okay if we get to a point where people are critically reviewing the film right how much is that really going to matter you know is it is it really like are they criticizing this from a perspective of like the scientific points did we make bad choices around the actual science part of the art like the decisions on cameras and angles and lighting like certain things are very like process-based there's not they're kind of already set in stone you're not really going to be too crazy or artistic with that but the artistic stuff it's like how do you really judge art you know from a good or bad perspective it's like it's it's a very personal and very you know uh internalized feeling and opinion that you can base around a lot of it i mean 100 it's very subjective and you know my purpose when I tell stories in my movies is like I want people to feel something and I want to get that theme or that message across and if it's gotten awesome and if it's not you know well then I didn't do the best job but I you know like you said is it technically sound did we make the right choices and all of that like that matters obviously but at the end of the day did my message get across right yeah that's awesome so you wrote your movie you got your actors and everything like that how did you come up with like a budget and like what was the budget how did you work with that because that's that's what i feel like a lot of filmmakers hurdles is is like 
where is the money going to come from? Can I finance this thing myself? Can I afford to make a film? You know, so how did you manage all of that? I think this is the part where I'm going to shock a lot of people. Um, like you said, a lot of people listening are traditional filmmakers and is the best way that I say it just to, for the sign up, for the respect of it, right? Like I came into filmmaking completely by accident within the last two or three years. Um, and I've just used all of my experience and all of the opportunities I had through music to kind of fast track some of the stuff that I've done, right? But um, from the beginning, when it comes to budget, like I said, as soon as I started writing the script, I already had it in mind, like, all right, if I'm writing the script to eventually shoot this movie, let's just write it in a way where I know I can afford to shoot it, right? So from the beginning, I was kind of in my head without doing any type of research, I was just like, I feel like I could make a feature film for like $10,000, right? And that was just what I set in stone. So by the time I started talking to other people and other filmmakers about the budget, like this was already so ingrained in my head that people saying, oh, you're gonna need way more money than that. Or like all these different negative aspects didn't really take much of an effect. Cause it was like, well, I already wrote it in this way. So there's no real way to turn that around, you know? So this is how it's gonna work. Um, and then it became a real big thing of working with the people in my network and, and you know, the people who helped bring this to life in the team is, you know, like uh, the DP, Kirk Crystal, he start going into this project. He probably had the most experience on set from anybody on the team because he'd worked in television before and he'd done other stuff behind the camera. I'd always been on, on the front side of the camera and just kind of asked questions about the other side because I always found it interesting. Um, so having people who were, you know, fully engaged and interested and they believed in what we were working on come together and say, okay, cool. I can, I can definitely work within the rate that you're asking. Um, and, you know, finding ways to negotiate around it. Like I, I think setting, setting goals and setting realistic goals is probably the biggest piece of it, you know, cause I, the things I said from the beginning of the movie all the way till now to everybody involved have always been like, I'm not going to promise you this is going to be a million dollar project but we will see some sort of return on this. So I'm going to promise you a back end, you know, and I know that that's a really tough conversation to have. Um, but part of it is coming in with your own leverage. You know what I mean? Again, my leverage was I've already been in music for a really long time. So I already have an outlet of people that may not have been able to help me with music or may not have wanted to, but now that we're making a film, they're a little more interested, more excited for whatever reason. Right. So like having that leverage to back you in the decisions you're trying to make, um, and then being fully transparent with your team. So, you know, I told them, hey, we're, this is definitely never going to, this is not going to be a million dollar project. I'm not promising that. If it happens, fantastic. We all win. And if, if not, great. Like this, we didn't set out for that. <clears throat> I did promise everybody, everybody involved from this with this project will get a bigger opportunity from this, you know. And for the most part, that's pretty much how it's been. Everybody's worked on something significantly larger than what the film was when we started it. And I made that commitment, you know. Um, and then the last piece of it is really resources, your your support, like the people you've met along the way, your network, right? Tapping into all of that. And again, leverage and finding ways to make your ask valuable to them just as much as it is to you. You know, going into a restaurant that's already doing super well and saying, this is my favorite place to eat. I want to shoot a movie here. There's no real incentive to that. You know, but finding a local business that could use the extra marketing and use the extra spotlighting like, hey, I plan to shoot my next film here. Um, in my case, all I had was my music before. So I was like my my previous streams, you know, the year before we went into shooting, I had done 200,000 streams on Spotify. So I had some leverage to go to people and be like, hey, look, 
even if we can get a tenth of this, you know, to watch the movie, it's at least 2,000 eyes that are going to now know about your your location, your business, whatever it might be, right? So just finding those different ways to have conversations with people. Um, but do not let your budget scare you away. I think there's so many different ways to work around that. Um, and I proudly attribute it to the fact that I grew up super poor. So, like... <laughs> We learn how to make stuff out of everything because how, what else are we going to play with? Um, so, you know, but really tapping into that mindset of like, this has to happen by any means. So I, I just have to make it happen by any means. If that means to you, if that to you means go out and get three or four extra jobs. So you have all this extra income coming in. Great. If that to you means building all of your sets, narrowing your team, like it, it's, it's, wild that the movie started with a three-man team we just had myself the dp and our sound guy and by the time we finished we were at like 15 people because as we were doing it and as people saw behind the scenes and saw that we were really doing this they just kind of like all right yeah i think i'm kind of interested in getting involved here's how i could help here's how much you know i would need if you guys can afford it and just having those conversations like that that's awesome did you have the ten thousand already or did you have to raise it um, so I had a, I had a good half of it um, from like pre-existing bookings and deposits and stuff like that. Uh, and then the rest of it, it kind of raised itself as we went through, right? So one thing that's really big when you're doing your film is when you're looking at your budget, how many of these things are actually, how many of these things actually need to be traded in cash? And how many of these things are you just valuing what it's going to cost, right? Like what your projected cost is. So when I do my budgets for a production, I usually, I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, this is how much I'm willing to spend on this particular part of the movie, right? If it's a location, if we have to rent a house for, you know, three days of shooting, this is how much I'm willing to spend on this based on what I think we actually need from a house, right? So now you go out and you start looking for these places. If you come across somebody who's like, hey, I'll let you use my space for free. I just need a shout out. Great. If you find somebody who lets you use the space for a lower amount of money or what, what can you trade off on? You know, like I had people who we didn't take anybody up on the offer because it wasn't necessary, but I had people willing to trade their cars as props for the, for a movie scene because they had really nice cars, but they also were hoping to get a role in exchange, right? Like, do you have a side role or can you write an extra role or give an extra, even if it's just a little bit of dialogue to get you that even exchange. So now you get this extra prop you needed, right? Like little things like that to help. So I, I and I say all that to say, I feel like although we can account for all of the money that was spent, a lot of the stuff, I feel like it was, it ended up being a really in-kind type of exchange, you know, like, like the office building that we used in the space, that space, that office building space is like 2000 an hour to rent it. And we had a relationship that was able to, to help us out with the situation. So instead of that ma massive charge for a full day of shooting, he gave us the day of shooting as long as we shouted out his real estate company in the movie. And so we did, <laughs> you know, so it's still, it still balanced itself out in, in really, um, really cool ways. I love that. I love that. You know, as a filmmaker, we have to be resourceful. And we have yes. to be willing to go out there and, and solve problems. We're professional problem solvers, you know, and we find ways, the workarounds and the resources and whatever we have to do in order to get things done. And so I love that you started off with, you know, I can make this for 10,000, but what don't I have to actually spend money on? What can I trade right. for? What can I utilize? And I think that's great. So thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> now, full, one thing I will say full transparency on, um, we didn't pay the actors in this film. 
We only paid for travel and lodge. Um, and I negotiated with um, all of the top build actors for a percentage of the movie in the back end, mostly because I just want to share revenue with all the people involved because it just makes sense to me. I, I, like, it's kind of crazy that Hollywood is running away where like a couple of people make money for the whole life of this film, but a lot of the people don't. Um, so I try to, you know, break that up as much as possible. Um, but that's something that, again, came strictly from the relationships with the people that were involved. You know, from the beginning of the film, I was going to, like I said, actor friends. We we did a couple of auditions for certain roles, but there was pretty much just a roster of people that I went to. And I was like, hey, listen, um, you down to do a movie? Like, you've seen what I've been able to pull off before with other stuff. Do you want to try this? Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, Bryce, I literally showed up to Bryce's house in Connecticut and was just like, hey, bud, what you doing? You want to read this script and tell me if you want to be in it? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it ended up really, it was really, really cool. No, I love that. Yeah, I, I do. You know, not everybody gets the back end of the movie. It's like all these producers and everybody that put money up front. But, you know, you're lucky if an actor or another crew member gets money from the distribution deals and all of that stuff. Right. So I, I think that's cool that you wanted to pay everybody even with the return. And that's that's something that I think um, I'm aiming to really do going forward on all projects, even though, like, thankfully, our budgets are increasing a little bit since this. Uh, so we'll be able to pay our actors up front now as well. But um, I'm still going to be hopefully negotiating some back end for, you know, at least the top build actors um, at the core members of of the film crew, because I also feel like I did sound on films for a little while. And I was just like, this is cool that I got paid for the day. But like, that's all I get, and, like all this work that we did. And now it just disappears. And I might not even hear about it when you guys put it out. Like, this is wild, you know, um, so little things like that that I just feel like for my for my productions personally I'm going to be aiming to get everybody involved. That's awesome. And how long did it take you guys to shoot? Um so from the first day I sat down to write the script to the first day you could watch a finished copy it was about 14 months. Wow. Yeah. But um, like actual shooting, shooting shooting was really short though cuz shooting was like I want to say all together we shot maybe 17 days. Um, and when it was broken up across like three different weeks or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so nice. it, wasn't, it wasn't super intense, um, especially compared to like some of the stuff that I've worked on since then, where like I've been on projects where we're just on the road for two whole weeks straight <laughs> and we're just shooting. Um, and I've seen some projects that, you know, take like four or five months of shooting. And I'm like, this is a lot of time, guys. <laughs> it is. It really is. Did you also have to rehearse with the actor or did you just kind of like rehearse on set before you shot? Oh, I took full advantage of uh, people being stuck in their house for COVID. So I was just like, hey, I know you don't have anything going on this week. So what <laughs> what days do you have available for us to do some table reads? Um, yeah. So we spent, we probably spent like in total about 20 days or so doing table reads um, where we just kind of got together for two hours or so and read through the script, you know, worked on character development. Um, I spent a lot of time with that where like I had a number of calls with every actor just kind of touching base and going through like, hey, this is this is what I was thinking when I wrote the script. Tell me what you're thinking now that you read it and let's figure out which one's better. Um, I think as a, specifically speaking to screenwriters, as a screenwriter, you have to learn to be super flexible with what you write. Um, because what you write is one movie, what we shoot is a different movie, and then what we edit is a whole other movie. Right? Like this, it's just the process of how things get laid out. Um, so you have to be really, really flexible. 
And I think coming from music and all my time spent with uh, choreographers for like backup dancing and stuff like that, I very quickly learned that sometimes the coolest idea is not in your head. It just kind of like got inspired by what was in your head, you know? So you just gotta give people the freedom to do what they do. Um, I think with actors specifically, I like in no way am I saying I want actors to just be on set improvising all the time. But um, I'm super open to if an actor's reading through and they feel like, hey, after the character development that I've done and the character that I've now created for this story, yeah, they're not going to say that. Um, cool. As long as it's not like detrimental to the story, say what you think or you feel they're going to say. Like, this is what you're here for. This is your part of the game now. <laughs> Absolutely. Let them shine. That's what I like, too. Yeah, exactly. Let them shine. You know, they might they might deliver some stuff that you could have never imagined writing. You know? So who knows? Mm. So after you shot it and it was edited and all of that, how was distribution? Like, did you have to go find a sales agent? Did you distribute yourself? Like, how was that process? Distribution was very interesting for me. Um, and I know that my experience is going to be very different from most people um, because of the music background. So when I first um, decided I wanted to make this movie, um, I have some friends who run a YouTube channel called Roundtable uh, Television. And they, they're somewhere close to a million subscribers, if not already there. Um, so I threw them when they, they were like, oh, you're going to make a movie. You should come out to L.A. and meet some of the people we know. And I was like, fantastic. Let's do that. So I spent like two weeks in L.A. at their house. Um, and through that, literally just booked a couple of random like preliminary meetings with Amazon, Netflix, YouTube. Um, so they kind of were just like, oh, you're thinking about making a movie and we've seen your music stuff. So uh let's see what you have in mind so they all we ended up with a first look agreement with amazon um and then that didn't work out because amazon ended up changing their whole game plan on how they want to distribute movies now so it was like all right that's that's cool uh so once the movie was finished <clears throat> we did the premiere i started reaching out to distributors and i kept getting a lot of feedback um specifically around uh not having an a-list actor or not having a B-list actor, like not having actors of, of a certain caliber. Um, so I was like, okay, then if that's the situation, like I'm just gonna take a step back and kind of re rethink this through real quick and see what options we have. Um, and in that time, I started talking to a lot of the actors on, on the movie and we kind of just kept discussing film festivals, which I was super against. I was completely against film festivals because in the COVID time, it didn't make sense. You know, if we're all watching from home, we don't get that networking opportunity, which is really what you're paying for with the film festival, you know? Um, so I was like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, but ultimately they ended up convincing me. We won a couple of awards. And then with those awards, I was able to go back and start searching for distribution again. And now they were a little more interested because we had gotten a couple of best actor awards. So there's potential for, you know, something great there. We've got best feature, we got best score, best story. So we won enough where we could, I could go and say, all right, look, this is now what we're working with. You now have an award-winning film that doesn't have any A-listers. How do we feel now? <laughs> um, and it still was a little tough, but ultimately uh, really exciting when we got to sign with Dame Dash. Um, so we got to deal with Dame Dash Studios and they distributed the film to uh, Fox Soul. We're working on a couple other platforms now. Um, so that that was kind of like the journey for it. And I say it's different because a lot of it came from the relationships I have, right? So like the, the Dame Dash Studios um, film network was building up what they were hoping to, to achieve, which now you can actually just go right on their website and submit your film and they'll let you know if they're interested in distributing or not. 
um, they reached out and they were like, hey, you're connected with Remy, who's done some interviews with us before. And she said, you're working on a film. So let us see what you've got. And it kind of just, the, the conversations were always really geared around like, we kind of know you from these other things. We want to see what you're doing now. Um, so uh, advice would be go do some other things <laughs> while you're raising the money to make your movie. You never know what could pop off. You know, get on, get on a stage, do some poetry. If you can play guitar, like write some music, right? Like go out and get out of your element because as a writer, as a director, we spend a lot of time by ourselves planning. And by yourself, you can't really make a network. So your network can never help you. You know, so you have to go out and do other stuff to really establish that network. That would, that's where I say part of the biggest thing that I come with from a music background is simply that it's not me just entering into the industry out of nowhere. It's me kind of like doing a lateral shift, you know, like the same people who may have heard my name in conversation before are now actively seeing it. That's awesome. Yeah. A distribution can definitely be tricky sometimes and I've heard different stories like that as well so thank you for kind of breaking that down and kind of showing us that and film festivals they can you know sometimes there are great opportunities to network and meet distributors and you know do that so I'm glad that that actually ended up working out for you yeah it was it was pretty cool it was pretty cool um I don't think that uh I don't think I would say too much came from the festivals outside of the the strong leverage of course um, but it, it did end up being disappointing in the way that I had expected where like, I don't think I really met anybody new through these festivals. It was just a bunch of like faceless emails and congratulations or sorry, you didn't make it right. There was not really a lot of human interaction, which for me is super important. Absolutely. Like you said, your network is so important in helping you. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there anything else you want to talk about today about the movie or your experience or any advice you want to give um, other filmmakers out there? Um, the, the biggest piece of advice that I want to give everybody, not just filmmakers, but anybody, if you're trying to do anything, just do it. Right. Like that's everybody always asks, like, how'd you do this? How'd you? I literally just woke up one day and said, I'm going to do this and then just started working on it. Right. Once you start working on it, get it done because once it's done you now have something that even if no one ever picks up this project right like i said to the whole team from the beginning it's going to be more about the opportunities we get after the fact right for me at the time i wasn't fully intended on becoming a, a full-on filmmaker like I, I thought i was going to be one and done this was just going to get it out of my system and be satisfied right um which for a while i was but as i started meeting more people and more opportunities came my way i was like oh this could really be a fun thing to do for a living um, but take advantage of whatever you've made and use that to, to give yourself the leverage for people to pay attention. Cause that's really what it's about. They just have to see that you are capable of doing something, right? Like that was the biggest lesson that I learned in the first project that I worked on where we were going out asking people for money. Um, and at that time I hadn't really rung as many bells in music and like, there wasn't so much for them to look at to say, okay, yeah, we could take a chance on this. And we were asking for, I think, like $70,000 or something crazy like that. Well, not crazy. It's a really small budget still. But, like, we're asking for, like, $70,000 on our first movie. Um, the best thing we had was, like, the lead actor had done some Netflix work before. So it wasn't anything significantly strong that we could, we could really, like, sell to any brand. So we got a lot of rejections. So we never even were able to come off the ground because there was just no money. Um, so... 
but now, even with this film, right, even with the critiques of the things that even I realized we could have done better, right? Like some of our cinematography needed to be a little bit better. Great, it was our first movie, right? Like little things like that. But even through all of those marks, people will still call me, hey, would you be interested in directing this? Or are you interested in, you know, coming down to Florida? I directed um, a short film that ended up coming out before my first film because it was a short. So uh, we did that. And I was literally someone who was like, hey, I hear you're in Tampa right now. Do you want to come meet me for lunch so we can talk about shooting a, a short film for my business and talk about domestic abuse and stuff? And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, so get your stuff done so you have work to show. Um, and show people that you are finishing, you know what I mean? Because that's what most people with money are worried about. If I give you this money, will I ever see it again? Because you don't have a track record of finishing. Absolutely. And what a great piece of advice of just do it. You know, don't wait around. Don't think about someday. If you want to make something happen, just do it. Because I truly believe that with all of my heart. So, <laughs> so I love that. I love that. So before I let you go, I like to ask this to all of the people that I interview, but what is your favorite movie? Um, my favorite movie. So the first thing that always comes to mind when people say this is The Warriors. And I have no reason why. It just always, as soon as someone says, what's your favorite movie? It's The Warriors. Like It's just the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, and I love that movie. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the plot. The, the, everything about it I thought was amazing. Um, and I think when I give it like a deeper thought, there's one movie that I can genuinely say I could rewatch over and over anytime. And it's Inside Man with uh, Denzel Washington, I believe Clive Owen. I hope that's the right one. I always mix them up with Clive Barker, but I know one of them is a musician and one of them is an actor. So, <laughs> um, but I think it's Clive Owen. Uh, and it's, it, that movie is like suspenseful to the maximum action packed, uh, has a great plot line, has historical value. Like it, that's one of my things with, with things that I love is they managed to really combine in a perfect bundle, the idea of, of infotainment, right. Or like, it's, it's information, it's informative, but it's also just entertainment. Like you're just having a good time watching it. You just happen to be learning something at the same time. Um, so that, that would probably be, those would probably be the two that come to mind right away. Awesome, thanks so much, Vega. And where can people find you and where can they watch your film? Um, you can watch The Hurt We Share now on Fox Soul. Um, so you can Google The Hurt We Share. Um, you can find me anywhere online, What Up Vega. Um, so Instagram at whatupvega, uh, whatupvega.com. And everything is pretty much linked together. So you're going to see all this stuff kind of like in tandem. If you go to my site, you'll see the movie. If you go to the movie, you'll see a link to me. Like, it's all there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Vega, for being here. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. It has been so much fun. Awesome. All right, everybody, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And we'll see you on the next one. Later. Later.